Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me the hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Kevin! You're stupid. Hey friends, welcome to episode 479 of the My One Two Three Cents podcast. I am Kevin Huntsperger, joined this week once again by Chad Smart. And Chad, we're going to be talking all about Hulkamania, which as we're recording this, uh, we are on the eve of the, uh, as we're recording this, we're two days removed, but uh, as the show drops on the eve of Hulkamania, officially, I know with the AWA, some would argue Hulkamania was already a thing, but really ramping off on that nationwide effort january 23rd 1984 i was watching at the time we'll get more into that in just a minute but i want to talk to you also about the royal rumble contest that we're doing and the 2024 royal rumble hard to believe now uh what 1989 till now 35 plus years of of royal rumbles if you count the one that was on uh USA Network that first year. Are you excited for this year's Rumble? Do you? I love the Royal Rumble. It's probably next to WrestleMania my favorite uh, event of the year. I am. I think that you know this Rumble has some unpredictability, which in you know the last 10, 15 years really doesn't seem to be that often that we say like, oh, the winner could be one of a handful of people. Usually, you know, you have like that one or two people you know are, are going to win, and due to you know, the winner getting the title shot at WrestleMania, you know, you know, no one like, like a Heath Slater or, a, uh, you, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of who's actually on the off roster right now. Wow. My mind <laughs> is uh, going blank, but like, let's say, um, uh, you know, the guys from Imperium that aren't Gunther, you know, mm-hmm. they, they don't have a shot. Right. Normally right. At winning. And I, I think to WWE's detriment, like maybe, they should have somebody like that win. And then, cause you can always book, you know, the stipulation where you lose the title match or, mm-hmm. you know, they even do something where they call out the champion sooner and have the match and then put someone else in for WrestleMania. I think I, I, I like the title shot, the winner getting the title shot because it makes the rumble seem important, but yeah. I think it also uh, may have ran its course by now after 30 years of, of having that as the stipulation, you know, maybe come up with something different and just so you can do something more um, spectacular booking or, or non-predictable booking. Well, you know, everyone has a theory. Everyone thinks, you know, Cody's going to win or Punk's going to win, or even the rock is going to win. Do you want to go out on a limb and and pick a winner at this point? Or what are you, you know, because I do think elimination chamber always kind of, has that potential to shake things up as well. And especially with it being in Australia this year, I've heard rumblings that because it's an international uh, PLE that, uh, you know, 
they may want to do things to kind of shake things up once again. So uh, I, I really don't have a winner in mind for it. I just am going to enjoy the show and, and see what happens. But uh, any picks or th thoughts of who might win? You know, I, and this is a problem with, I guess, having internet wrestling sites, new, yeah. news sites right. as it is with a Z, uh, you know, like I said, we're recording this the day before Monday Night Raw. Seth Rollins allegedly is injured. I don't know how the, severe that injury is. That could impact things um, going in. I think without that injury, I would have said, you know, probably CM Punk wins. And then you lead to a CM Punk-Seth Rollins match at WrestleMania. So the Punk one gets to to win the Rumble and gets his WrestleMania moment, which is, you know, one of the thing, reasons why he walked out 10 years yeah. ago. Um. I don't, you know me, we've discussed it on the show here. I It's not that I don't like Cody. I just don't think the Cody story has really been built organically. I, I think it's more of a force like, oh, this is the story. This is the story. Here, let me tell you, I have to finish the story without really going into setting that story up. And so I don't think Cody, um, I, I don't think Cody needs the win. I you know, everything looks like it's going to be Rock and um, Roman at WrestleMania, which I don't know about you. Personally, I am not interested in that match because I, you know, if if Roman wins, then he he's beaten a guy that hasn't wrestled in eleven years. If the Rock wins, then it just shows that you know, once again, the Attitude Era guys are more are better than your current roster. Mm -hmm. And, and something I was thinking about the other day, you know, when Hogan came back, since we're going to be talking about Hogan, see, segue, tangent, <laughs> tying it back in. When Hogan came back at WrestleMania 18 to face The Rock, he had been gone for nine years from WWE. Mm -hmm. The Rock coming back now, which again, The Rock, Roman, I mean, that match, I can understand why fans want to see it. And it is a generational match, not only just because of the family connections between Roman and Rock, but it is like the Attitude Era going on to the new mm -hmm. era, but the rock has not wrestled in 11 years since WrestleMania 30, uh, 29. And really the rocks last semi full-time match was WrestleMania 20. So you're looking at 20 years of a guy coming back, you know, that in a sense, it's kind of like uh, Bruno San Martino coming back to face John Cena at you know, a previous WrestleMania before Bruno died. Cause he came back now. I think it'd be a little one-sided affair. <laughs> But, but well, yeah. I think The Rock looks great. So I, I think that that's part of the attraction is that, you know, you've got a guy who at 50 plus is still at least looks to be in, in the shape mm -hmm. to go. Now, whether he can actually carry on a 20 or 30 minute match, I doubt it. And and it uh, shouldn't be a 20, 30 minute match, right. which is another problem with current wrestling. But that's another show. Yeah. But I, I also, I agree with you. I don't necessarily want to see this match for the title. I don't mm. mind it being for the, quote, head of the table role. Um, mm. But the tricky part is, how do you get the belt off of Roman between now and WrestleMania? And we're all speculating. I mean, we don't know. There hasn't been any, uh, you know, other than, <clears throat> excuse me, The Rock originally saying that on, on January 1st about mm. wanting to be at the head of the table. He never mentions the belt. 
but has there been any mention and I don't watch regularly enough to know, I don't know that there's been any other mentions since then. Now, obviously the seeds are planted uh, for WrestleMania. Um, I think taking the belt off of Roman at the rumble, maybe Randy Orton wins it and then faces Cody at WrestleMania. I, to me, that takes away from the story that they're telling with Cody. Um, but is the story that he's got to beat Roman or is the story that he wins the WWF champ or the WWE championship that his father and brother never held. So I agree with you on some, some of the respects of, you know, the story not being completely clear, but I think it, it minimizes Cody's win. If he goes on and beats LA Knight or Randy Orton or uh, AJ Styles at WrestleMania versus beating Roman Reigns because Roman Reigns has been this monster for four years or whatever, however long, almost Mm -hmm. four years now. Um, And then does he go on to beat Hulk Hogan's record Mm -hmm. as, as WWE champion? It, it, there's a, you mentioned it earlier. There's that unpredictability. You know, we don't know where they're thinking creatively. And then you throw in an injury like Seth Rollins has suffered. And does that take him out of WrestleMania or do they kind of, piece him together to make it between now and WrestleMania and have him, you know, not wrestle and just come out and talk and then drop the belt to punk at mania. I, there's, there's a lot of, uh, of unknowns. And then just from this ability to tell the stories, but then you've, you throw in the injury factor too. And that just completely uh, changes the course for everybody. So. Yeah. And, you know, I think in some regards, I think a, a Cody Randy Orton, match is a better story just given the history of those two whereas you know we've said it before on the episode we talked about wrestlemania last year where i don't cody doesn't need to beat roman to finish the story you know for for cody's story for roman's story and and i still think that if if and when roman loses it needs to be either i mean the way it's looking right now i would say solo sokoa or it needs to be one of the Usos because that's the story of the bloodline. And if the bloodline, if Roman just gets beat by someone else and then the bloodline just kind of dissolves, then to me, it's, it's kind of like throwing away that, that la- the last two and a half years of the bloodline story. Yeah. Uh, that's a, I didn't think about it from that perspective. That's in, that's an interesting uh, point of view to have with it too. So, or I just think that uh, Shark Boy needs to make his WWE debut and beat Roman Reigns. And if I was booking, that's what I would do. And that's why I am not a booker. <laughs> I'm going to throw one more name out <laughs> at you because I, I, I know you're not on TikTok, but you've probably seen this on Instagram or Twitter. Um, they make these videos where it's like the countdown of the Rumble and it says, what if? And then mm-hmm. it counts down and then they play somebody's intro. And it's usually, you know, the rock or it's somebody realistic. There've been a lot I've seen lately that it's MJF. Uh, people seem to have, or some people, some fans seem to have it in their mind that MJF is, is coming to WWE. He's been removed from the AEW roster page on online. Uh, I maintain that this is all still part of that story. I don't think mm-hmm. MJF is going anywhere, at least in, in the next few years, uh, but he's definitely young enough in, in his twenties still I could see a run for him in the WWE, you know, five years from now, but I, I don't think he's showing up at the Royal Rumble. What say you? Uh, I don't think so because I mean, the story that they've always told with, with 
Max, is that uh, he's looking forward to the great bidding war of 2024, which would mean, and there is rumor that, you know, his contract was up at the beginning of the year. I don't, I don't know. That just seems like a, a convenient time frame, you know, Um, and given all the injuries that he was reportedly dealing with, I, I don't see him coming back. I, and if he does show up in WWE, I think it'd be another mistake by Tony Khan, much like Jade Cargill. Yeah. Where you have these champions that go on year run year long runs and then they get beat and then they're immediately gone from the company because to me, MJF needs to come back to finish, to finish the story with Adam Cole. Sure. Boo boo. Um, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I mean, to me, undisputed, hey, kingdom, uh, undisputed, undisputed kingdom is the bathroom break for all shows going forward. But, uh, but yeah, if you have MJF leave, then the last year of of AEW is kind of like, what was the point? Why, why did you wait until the last minute then to take the title off them when yeah. you couldn't get any conclusion to that story? Yeah, no, that makes sense. But, Okay, oh, but I do th- I, I do think MJF will eventually show up in WWE. Now, the question there being is, will WWE let him be MJF? Right. Which is always the you know it's it's kind of like a fifty fifty gamble now with guys that they bring in. It's like are they going to be what we are accustomed to, or are they going to have to come up with something new mm-hmm. for WWE? And I think with Triple H being in charge, I think the odds are better that he would be MJF. I just don't know if he'd be allowed to be as uh let's just say uncensored as mjf you know yeah and you're dealing with you know tko and Mm -hmm. all that that as well uh since you brought her name up and and i i I, we haven't mentioned the women the women's royal rumble is of course happening as well um jade cargill is now the time to debut her in the rumble and and do you debut her if she's not going to win it yeah, um, I don't think she has she wrestled at all on TV for WWE. No, no, and the rumor, rumor and speculation is, um, you know, she because she had not wrestled before joining AEW. Oh, okay. and the rumor is that once she got to WWE, they realized how unseasoned she is. Because uh-huh. I mean, all of her matches in AEW were pretty much squash matches, save yeah. with a handful. Sure. So uh, she has a great look. I, I think she has a future you know, in the business in the next five years, but I don't know if she's ready to go for a W, you know, for a lengthy yeah. match. I, I mean, she was basically the Goldberg, the female Goldberg of AEW. Yeah. So I, you know, and they haven't really mentioned her in the last month and a half. Um, so I don't, I don't see her showing up and I, you know, the first women's, Royal Rumble match back in 2018, the women's roster was so shallow that they had to bring in all these ex. Right. Because I think now the, the roster is fairly, you know, even if you have to dip into NXT, like sure. you've got 30 credible female wrestlers that can go in there. And I, I, you know, I think there are probably better stories to tell with the wrestlers already on the roster than to bring in, have to bring in Jade. So I, I don't see her coming in. I mean, uh, it would be a good time to debut her if you have a solid plan in place. Yeah. You know, going forward. Yeah, because I think that somebody, as much at least the online hype for her has been 
and she's another one of those videos that pops up that, you know, uh, the countdown and then it's her. Mm -hmm. uh, I think unless she's going to win it, I don't think I would waste her debut on the, on, on the Royal Rumble. And I also mm -hmm. wonder, like you said, is, is she ready to wrestle at WrestleMania? Even if it's wrestling, you know, the NXT Women's Champion or, you know, I don't think she's ready to get in there and mix it up with, uh, uh, God. Becky, Bobby, Bianca, Bailey. What, what's uh, the women's champion? Um, uh, uh, Rhea, Rhea Ripley. Oh, Rhea Ripley. Okay. You know, I, I, I don't think that, so I, I think I agree with you. I would, I would save her um, and, and get her more reps. And I know that Natalia has come out and said that she's been training with her and, and she's doing a great job, which, uh, you know, she's definitely going to have the right tools at her disposal to get better. So mm -hmm. uh, it's just going to be a, a matter of time, I think, before, like you said, with Max, we'll we'll see uh, uh, Jade in the ring much sooner than than that. But mm -hmm. it, it'll be a, a fun. And that's like I said, that's the surprise factor. Uh, we're doing the Royal Rumble contest. So if you want to get involved with that, uh, it's five dollars per entry. You can go to the My One Two Three Cents Facebook page and see the official rules. Um, we need more entrance. So if you're listening to this and you mm -hmm. haven't entered, enter today and then share the information and, and get some more people involved as well. This is also going to be uh, a fundraiser for the My123 since 2024 uh, action figure, wrestling figure drive. So uh, a portion of, of that $5 will be going toward that as well. Chad, so you real quick. Me? Oh, yeah. Uh, do you have a pick for the Women's Rumble? Hmm. You know, I really, with Charlotte being injured now, you know, and that's what that's where I kind of worried with Jade mm -hmm. getting thrown into it is, you know, again, you get some of these high-profile injuries and then you have to rush or, or change the course. Mm -hmm. But I'm really hoping, like you said, the women's talent pool is is so deep. I don't think you have to. Um, I would almost like to see, even though I'm not a big fan of hers, I would almost like to see Bailey win it. Because I feel like they're telling a story with Bailey mm -hmm. and the other members of of Damage Control, mm -hmm. um, and it makes it's almost like uh, when Batista won it, and and the whole evolution thing kind of fell apart. So mm -hmm. if they're going that way, and I've I've seen that there has been some speculation that they're going to turn Bailey uh, face. I like her better as a heel, honestly. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, we'll see. What what about you? I, I was going to say Bailey for the same reason. I think the Bailey versus Eo is it Eo Shirai? Eo Sky. Eo Sky. Eo Sky. Yeah. Um, I think that is the story yeah. that you're getting to anyway. So having Bailey win and then, you know, saying like, oh, I'm going to challenge Rhea and Eo is going to be saved, you know, but then somehow you get to damage control, maybe kicking Bailey out or talking behind her back and she finds out and then you have Bailey challenge Eo. So yeah. I, to me, that's that's the logical one. And again, I don't know if Bailey needs to win the Rumble to get to that story, but it seems like the most plausible um, way to go. Yeah, I I 100% agree with that. So let us know your picks for the Royal Rumble as well in the comments, either on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast, and and let us know what you think of the show as well. Check out uh, again that Royal Rumble contest coming your way. Uh, hard to believe the rumble is just mm. stays away as we're recording this and five days as the show drops but we are here to talk about hulk hogan hulkamania if you're watching i have busted out my hulkamania shirt i bought at wrestlemania 4 
Um, no, I was not at WrestleMania 4, but my dad and I did go watch it on closed circuit TV at the Keel Center in St. Louis. Um, and I was 14 years old at the time. No, 15. I had just turned 15. And so uh, I got a souvenir program and the Hulkamania shirt that I bust out for occasions like this. I think I wore it to WrestleMania 25 when we were Hulk Hogan and Rowdy. Rowdy. And so, uh, so explain because we're going to do six cents with this where we pick mm. our six favorite instead of a Mount Rushmore. We do it with six because you add up one, two, three and the my one, two, three cents and you get six. That's the premise behind why we do it this way. But I kind of like what you have decided and, and you're not picking anyone. You're just going to comment on my picks. Is that right? Yeah, because I think one for one, you know, I didn't get into wrestling until mid 84. Okay. So Hulkamania was already running wild. Uh, and my looking back, you know, I, I said, okay, let's, let's see who was popular back then. And I looked up the PWI rankings for like November of 83. And I started going down the list and I was like, you know, the problem is hindsight. Like I know what these wrestlers went on to do in the eighties and nineties and, yeah. and, and some of them today. Um, and so it's like my mind doesn't know how you would book them differently mm -hmm. and make it realistic. You know, I, I, I just know how they, what, how we perceive them today. And yeah. so I, I really couldn't come up with six. I mean, I could tell you six guys that you probably think of would be like, Oh, okay, let's go with them. But I can see why, why they probably wouldn't have worked out the way Hogan did. Yeah. has. So right. instead uh, I, I figure I'll just let you list your six. Cause I'm sure we would have had some overlapping yeah People. anyway so this way i can just i'll just comment on what you have picked and tell you you know whether i agree or why i think that they wouldn't have worked out as well as hulk hogan i i think one you would probably with the exception of probably two or three you can probably <laughs> recite my list um also this list is probably 50 percent 10-year-old Kevin when Hulkamania started and 50% 50-year-old Kevin <laughs> kind of nostalgically looking back and, and remembering. Um, you know, Hulk Hogan, my first WWE, WWF, my first wrestling figure, LJN, um, still have the belt. Uh, and let's also say, and I, I, I feel dumb even saying this, we know that Hulk Hogan is a polarizing personality these days. We're not endorsing anything he has said or done. We know he wasn't in Metallica. We know that, he, you know, I know he just recently, though, did save a, a teenager's life, apparently, after a car accident. So, um, you know, I was a Hulkamaniac in those early days, for sure. Uh, but then my favoritism for him kind of waned a little bit during the Paul Orndorff era. Um, I was disappointed when Hogan law or when Hogan won that cage match. But when he, he did not win that cage match. Yeah, when Hogan or when WrestleMania three rolled around, Andre was hateable enough that I, I went back to to the Hulkamania side of things. But um, Andre won that match too. <laughs> uh, but real quick, I was gonna say it's kind of ironic because my first LJN figure was the Iron Sheik. Okay, so yeah. I was gonna say uh, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yes, Iron Sheik uh, again, one of those iconic. Figures, characters in wrestling. Hogan, of course, beats him. He was obviously a transitional champion. To go from the Bob Backlund era, which, you know, back in the day, wrestling, Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund. WWF was kind of an anomaly in that they had 
baby faces as champions, whereas the NWA had Ric Flair or Harley Race or heels, and you always had that baby face chasing after them. And, you know, we, we're seeing it now with, with Roman Reigns. I think Roman Reigns is, well, I don't think, I know, uh, he's the longest reigning heel champion in WWE history for sure. Um, and it's it, it's a different formula from what worked seemingly for the WWF back in the day. Um, and obviously it proved to be successful. They were just building up these giant heels to uh, take on Hulkamania. And I don't know that anybody on my list would have been better. We're just saying if Hulk Hogan never existed, if if Vern Gagne hadn't or whomever discovered him and trained him and got him going, if Terry Bollea never set foot in a ring as, as Hulk Hogan, who would have been some viable contenders? Because I don't think without him and the marketing genius of Vince McMahon coming together that it would have exploded the way that it did because we saw Hulk Hogan in action figure form. We saw him on lunchboxes, on cartoons on Saturday mornings, you know, the vitamins. He was literally everywhere. And my friends who weren't wrestling fans kind of casual wrestling fans, they all knew who Hulk Hogan was because he was on Sports Illustrated. He was on the 18. He was on Saturday Night Live. He was a pop culture. He was a part of the 80s, you know, and no one else. I don't think anyone else, with maybe the exception of Andre the Giant back in that era, was as recognizable as Hulk Hogan was. So, And I know you were not a big Hulkamaniac. Is that right? Uh, no, I said, you know, I right when we're uh, let me start that sentence over. When Roddy Piper showed up in WCW, he hit the nail on the head when he said, the only reason people cheered you is because they hated me. And yeah. I, you know, I watched WrestleMania one live um, as a 10 year old. Yeah. And I was cheering for Hogan at that time because I hated Roddy Piper. But after that match, uh, you know, as I said earlier, I will stand by the referee made a three count at WrestleMania three. Andre the Giant should have been the champion. Uh, but we got some NFL officiating, I guess, in that in that match. Uh, you know, WrestleMania five. I was cheering for Macho Man. I never really liked Hogan. Um, I, I, I don't know why. You know, it had nothing to do with the reasons why people don't like Hogan today. I right, just, right. I just, there was something about Hogan that I never got into. And, and you know, when he joined the NWO, well, first when he came to WCW and immediately beat Ric Flair for the title, I was like why right. you know that's that's flair country and i was a bigger wcw fan than wwf right and then when the nwo when he joined the nwo i thought it was a good move and he was kind of liked by proxy you know by proximity by being in the nwo i was like okay i'll take hogan i guess but then yeah i just yeah i i mean i i've you know our last Monday Night Raw in St. Louis that we went to, we dressed as the three faces of Hogan, uh, the orange and orange and gold NWO and Mr. America. Um, I when I met Hogan, I showed him that picture. He seemed impressed. Uh, so I'll take that as just you know a good time. But uh, yeah, not a Hulkamaniac. I do not have a Hulkamania shirt. I do not have any Hulkamania merchandise other than the picture that I have of of Hulk Hogan and myself. All right. And Brooke cool. Hogan. So yeah, I yes. think there's your winner. There's your surprise entrant for the rum women's rumble. Brooke Hogan. Yes. <laughs> so my number six is uh, someone that went on to, to gain uh, was someone that was very hot in, in the early eighties, the late seventies, early eighties. Um, 
I don't know that he would have been able to carry the nationwide banner. Um, he did not have the necessary look maybe that Vince McMahon was going for, but that is Jerry the King Lawler. Mm. He was a perennial baby face in Memphis, was over like Rover. I can remember watching one of the syndicated shows that we watched as kids. It might have been Central States. Uh, I'm not sure what else it could have been at that time. They would show clips of, of uh, you know, sometimes with Jerry that involved Jerry Lawler. We did not get Memphis wrestling in, in the St. Louis area. I know it was very popular, obviously, in like Tennessee and Kentucky and, and southern Indiana, but we did not see it where we were. But I knew enough about him from the aftermags and from seeing about him and hearing about him. I don't think that, though, he would have had that nationwide appeal. You know, he was very regionally appealing. Mm -hmm. And I think that that uh, maybe could have worked, but I, I don't think the King gimmick, I always thought like with the King of the Ring, a King was always better played by uh, a heel character, you know, Macho King, King Booker, uh, King Tonga or King Haku. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like those were better than like King Hacksaw Duggan, although King Duggan was pretty fun. Uh, but, you know, Lawler's run in the WWF as a wrestler, for the most part, was was as a heel when he did wrestle. So what do you think of Jerry Lawler? Yeah, he's another one that, you know, I really didn't know much. I knew the name, um, but I didn't know much about him until he showed up in WWF because, again, didn't see Memphis wrestling either. Uh, I, I remember, I think it was 60 Minutes did a story on him that I remember seeing, like, maybe in the late 80s. Um, I, you know, and this is another one that with, you know, what I know about Jerry Lawler now and how his WWE run went. Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think he would have had the, the overall nationwide appeal. I think he was very much a regional Southern wrestling style, you know, and, you know, but you go like, okay, maybe if you brought him in though, would that have uh, highlighted the Andy Kaufman? Yeah. And I'm trying to think when did Andy Kaufman died in 1983, 84? Yeah, somewhere in that time frame. Time yeah. frame. So he wouldn't, he would not have been around for like a WrestleMania um, pr promotion thing to to do anything. Um, yeah. And I, I, I don't know. You know, it'd be, it would be interesting because maybe if Lawler would have came in in the early 80s into WWF, like his, his character would have been different. He wouldn't have been the, you know, puppy screaming, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, a horn dog. Although, again, you take Hogan's personal life, you take Lawler's personal issues. Eh, <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing, but right. um, yeah, I, I think because Vince wanted to expand globally, I don't think Lawler would have yeah. had the same impact. And, and I'm going to also mention this just because a lot of times wrestling fans are, are fixated on ages. Hulk Hogan was 30 um, in January of 84. Uh, so when he won the title the first time, he was 30 years old. Jerry Lawler at this point was 34 years old. Uh, my number five was 35 years old, and he was already a part of the WWF. He was part of the machine, but he actually left shortly after Hulkamania really got its start and, and really got going, and that is Sergeant Slaughter. Uh, he would eventually come back and win the WWF championship from the ultimate warrior. And again, I think that was kind of a farce and it was more mm -hmm. of a story of convenience than anything else with the Gulf war going on yeah. or the Iraq war, whatever we were calling it that at that time, desert storm. Uh, 
But Sergeant Slaughter definitely over again, like Rover had a big feud with Nikolai Volkov and the Iron Sheik. Um, I think that uh, Slaughter had been kind of one of those guys that was under the uh, original Vince McMahon and carried over and was part of the new plan. But I think it all came down to the whole G.I. Joe situation. Um, Vince wanted more control over it. And again, I don't know. I'm just kind of going off of memory here. And that's why Sergeant Slaughter left that first time and had a bit of a run in the AWA and, and uh, you know, wrestled for a bit elsewhere and then came back eventually. But uh, I think at the time, you know, he was a larger than life guy and, and was popular. He was in pop culture with the G.I. Joe stuff. Um, I just think if they could have worked out a better plan, it, it may have worked out, uh, you know, as as Sergeant Slaughter being uh, the guy that kind of lead the face of the company. Yeah, you know, that's a name that I did not think about. And so I'm, I'm trying to come up with thoughts real quick. And, but I think I don't again, any of these names, I don't think are going to be on the level of Hulk Hogan. I think wow. Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, like you said earlier, Hulk Hogan plus Vince McMahon was just that perfect storm right. to capulate. But looking back, I think because Slaughter was popular in WWF, you know, you mentioned Nikolai and Iron Sheik, but also the matches with Pat Patterson that he had. Um, and if, because yes, I, I do believe that he, the GI Joe thing came about when he was not with WWF. And again, I don't know if that was something that came up and that's why he left or if it was, other issues and then he ended up doing it but gi joe was a very popular cartoon uh rambo was very popular at this time so you could you know with the military gimmick i think and i think uh you know slaughter at the time was a good talker and um his matches probably i mean hulk hogan is no matt genius matt right you know his work rate isn't is not what got him over it was the right. personality yeah so uh you know Again, I I don't think he would have been as big as, as Hogan, but I think Slaughter may have been a good good viable B choice if yeah. it could have been worked out. And um, cause, yeah, yeah, because he was not featured on the Hogan Rock and Wrestling cartoon, I don't nope. believe. No, nope. um, he, he left he sometime in '84 because he was not a part yeah. of the first WrestleMania. He Mania. wasn't in any of those cartoons. They yeah. typically did not make the. There is a Sergeant Slaughter big rubber. I don't want to say big rubber guy because that's the new collection by <laughs> Zach and or by uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers. But there was a, I think it was actually made by, it was a mail away. Um, mm. and I think it was by Hasbro, uh, but it was the same size as the, the LJ and figures. I never had that one, but uh, so he did have some popularity, but was not featured under the WWF umbrella yeah. in that role. So, yeah, no, I think that's a, that's a good uh, choice. And I, I would have, Wonder what it would have been like had he been with WWF at that time. Yeah. My number four, this is a uh, 10 year old Kevin coming up with <laughs> this one because I did not know the backstory of this guy, but I do know that even at age 41 at the time, he was in phenomenal shape. He was the first WWF. Now, when we get down the list <laughs> later on, you'll, you'll know who I'm talking about, but he was the first WWF superstar that I saw flipping through the channels one night. I started watching wrestling very sporadically, but came across and he uh, jumped over the top rope to land on the magnificent Morocco and beat the crap out of him, ripped his suit off. 
Uh, and that is one superfly Jimmy Snuka, who had a great feud with Rowdy Roddy Piper. Um, and again, I didn't know the personal backstory with Snuka at the time. Um, I just know that he was probably, besides Hulk Hogan, the most popular star in that, that you know, 83, 84, mm-hmm. even early 85 era. Uh, he probably would have been, and popularity-wise, right there with Hogan. But he was 41 years old at the time, so probably past his prime prime to be carrying the torch and and doing the grind of, you know, and let's keep in mind too, that these guys, even Hulk Hogan was making that house show loop back in the day. And, you know, they're on the road, 275, 300 days a year, maybe a little more, maybe a little yeah, less. Hogan was wrestling 400 days a year yeah. to the international <laughs> dateline. The media appearance appearances, the, the extra stuff, the make a wish stuff. So it, it is a grind. It's taxing. And I don't know that Snuka, uh, even with, you know, knowing his backstory, um, you know, maybe wouldn't have been the best fit for this. But I think, again, that 10-year-old perspective, mm. uh, I thought Jimmy Snuka would have been good in there uh, being yeah. part of that uh, yeah. main picture. No, I, it's funny because Superfly is one of the first wrestlers that I knew about as well. Like mm-hmm. friends telling me about him and I'm making fun of his name, like Superfly, that's a stupid name. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I don't, you know, kind of, I think the big thing is that, again, it comes back to to mic skills and promo skills, yeah. and and Superfly never really had that. Right. And you know his feud with with Piper was carried by Piper, and um, so yeah, I don't think Superfly would have been a good media person, a good yeah, uh, you know, from an in ring standpoint. Yeah, he can get the crowd out, you know, behind him and get some cheers, but I don't think you're gonna. He, I don't think he had that larger than life persona. Yeah. Uh, my number three, I think has the persona didn't necessarily have the mic skills uh, at 31 years of age. He would have definitely been um, a dose of diversity at, at the top of the card. He was someone that uh, was one of my favorites as a kid. Uh, I knew a little bit about him actually I take that back. I think really the WWF was the first time I saw him. And then I learned more about what he had done before that with the uh, mid uh, South with Bill Watson and whatnot. And that is the junkyard dog. Okay. Um, I loved the whole, you know, w- when it was WWF wrestling, Hulk Hogan and junkyard dog were, were my two favorites uh, as a kid, you know, at this, at this 10 year old time, I really thought he was going to win the icy belt from uh, hammer Valentine at uh, WrestleMania, but mm. There was just something about the dog. And I think, though, as as quickly as he kind of rose in the WWF, I feel like he dropped just as quick. And I don't know if uh, I don't know what the story is or what happened there uh, with him. We lost him way too soon in in life. And I I think that he was just someone uh, who really for me as a fan. And again, you know, we're not looking at work rate and and stuff. But as a as a 10 year old kid, you know, he's bringing the kids in. They're dancing. Yeah, he was on the ice cream bars and he was on the cartoon and he was in the action figure realm as well. So he was right up and there. He was on the album. Yes. Grab them cakes, <laughs> baby. Yes. Uh, and I can remember going and seeing Hulk Hogan and Junkyard Dog wrestle as a tag team uh, in St. Louis back in January, February of, of 1986, right before WrestleMania two. So, um, I, but I love, I love Junkyard Dog JYD. So. Yeah. I was a big fan as well. And I think, Again, we're looking back on this, and one of the things, you know, both of us are child children of the 80s. Yeah. I love the 80s. 
Um, but I kind of look back with rose colored glasses at that time. One, because I was so young, I didn't, wasn't aware of everything that was going on in the world. And now when I go back and watch shows, movies from that time, I see a lot of things that, uh, I'm like, Ooh, we really, we were doing that back then. Like, I thought that was like, you know, ancient history in terms of, you know, life. And I think one of the issues with JYD is the racial component. And Mm -hmm. I think, um, you know, yes, you'd, you'd had Rocky Johnson and Tony Atlas in, mm-hmm. um, in WWF, but you look back, most of the foreigners were the evil foreigners, you know, yeah. Mr. Fuji, Sheik, Volkov. And I think with JYD, because of that racial animosity still going on, I don't know if Vince would have um, taken the chance to push him to right. the top. And, yeah. and that's unfortunate. And, you know, I do agree with you that uh, JYD, I know if you read online uh, reviews of older shows, a lot of these critics will, you know, take JYD to task for not being a good worker. But again, at the time, it wasn't about work, right? You know, it was about, can you capture the crowd? And JYD did that. And I think, I think JYD should have been bigger than he was in WWF. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I, again, I think he would have been a good number two or number three to push along with, which maybe he was more like four or five when mm-hmm. he was getting pushed. And again, why, whatever reason he left WWF, cause I think he was out by WrestleMania three. My, was he on? Uh, he left after WrestleMania four. Oh, after four. Okay. He was in the battle yeah. Royal. Yeah. He was in the battle okay. Royal. Yeah, and then I know he went to WCW for a short spill, but I think he may have been like a six-man tag team champion yeah. uh, at one point. But yeah, yeah, JYD definitely definitely had potential uh, to be there, and I think should have been pushed more. But yeah, but no Hulk Hogan. Yeah, no no Hulk Hogan. And, and, and my number two, I think, is probably the most likely to have been able to do this to fill in that Hulkamania gap. He was a little older. I didn't realize uh, until the uh, internet came around that he had actually prior, previously wrestled in the WWF uh, before Hulkamania and all that. Um, he was 39 years old at the time. He's the American dream, Dusty Rhodes, <laughs> baby. Um, I love Dusty Rhodes. I loved his energy. And, you know, he did not, you know, as he said, he was not the uh, athlete of the day with his body. And he was... You know, my butt may be a little too big, (laughs) Um, but man, he had that charisma. And and, and even when he came to the WWF in in 1989, I felt like maybe we'll get an IC title run out of him. I knew that, you know, Hulkamania was still kind of running wild. And then the Ultimate Warrior, he was obviously not the body type that Vince was going for at the time. You know, I think if Dusty had either come around uh, a decade later, you know, when we were going for more, you know, like you had Vader and Yokozuna and, 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 you know, those kinds of guys. And it wasn't all ultimate warriors and macho mans and, and Hulk Hogan's. He might've uh, stood a better chance. Uh, but I do think that, that Dusty could have been that PR guy. He could have been on the road. He could have been going and being on good morning America and Saturday night live. And uh, it, it, you know, he had the mic skills for sure. He had, you know, again, when we talk about the work rate 
of all of these guys was not top mm. notch. So he, he right. would have fit him fine there. I think the thing that was holding him back would have been his physique and, and Vince's eyes at least. Yeah, I agree with you because I think especially when wrestling was expanding, you wanted the guy, you wanted, we've said this multiple times on the show, larger than life. You yep. wanted, uh, you know, I will use the analogy that read several years ago about when it comes to music. And it said, you know, like the eighties, you had rock stars mm-hmm. in the nineties till now you have musicians mm-hmm. because the rock stars were larger than life. People that, you know, were just, um, you know, your David Lee Roths, your Vince Neal's in the eighties, not today. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, Dusty Rhodes, if you put Dusty Rhodes on, you know, a, a poster or even like I said, doing a media appearance and say, Oh, this guy's a wrestler. Most people who are yeah. not wrestling fans are going to look at him and be like, yeah, that's, you know, I see those guy, that guy at the bar, yeah. you know, when I go in for my two o'clock beer, like yeah. it's not, uh, and, and obviously there's no argument. Dusty was a great personality. Yeah. And if you gave him the time and actually, he could win. I, you know, I would say he could win over anybody with promo skills, but, but yeah, I don't think fans would have bought him or I shouldn't say fan. I don't think regular people would have bought him as a reason to start watching wrestling if they didn't know who he was. Right. I agree. I agree with that. Um, someone that I did not put on the list uh, that I felt like by this point, and I don't, I didn't even write his age down, but he was older than uh, than most of these guys. But just the the mobility factor and whatnot would be Andre the Giant. You know, I, I think that mm. uh, even though Andre was definitely larger than life, uh, you've got the the talking ability. You know, with the accent would have mm. would have been a deterrent. Um, and I think he was a big enough attraction. He was he was featured the right way. Uh, yeah. Maybe wrestled a little too much after he turned heel and, and and that led to his decline faster than maybe what it should have been. Um, I also considered Tito Santana. He was the Intercontinental Champion twice uh, in this era, uh, was very popular with, with fans, you know, going back and looking at the old mm-hmm. aftermags and stuff. Um, I always liked Tito, but again, I don't know that he would have been one of those to be the, the face of the company. Uh, again, a solid third or fourth guy uh, with junkyard, you know, junkyard dog and Jimmy Snuka types. So now one name that keeps coming up in my head and hopefully it's not your number one. I think I'd probably know who your number one is, but um, you know, (laughs) (laughs) and this guy had, had been champion in WWF prior um, superstore Billy Graham. Do you think he would have, because he had the body, he had the promo skills, but was it something maybe where we've been there, done that, and now Vince coming in, taking the company for himself instead of his dad running it, he wanted to go in a whole new direction, obviously a new direction because he wants to go global, but do you think he looked at Superstar as the past, even though Superstar did come in later you know, for a short run? Right. No, I agree. I, I think he would have been a good choice, but I think you're right as far as Vince, Vincent Kennedy, you know, taking over the company. And then, you know, one of the first things you do in most cases when you buy a new company is you put the people in that you want in there. And and yeah. 
you know, not that Superstar probably wasn't a draw or wasn't a, a big part of that. I, I feel like I'm trying to remember now because I know that there was a lot of animosity that Superstar had toward Vince Kennedy for a long time. Um, and then they made amends and then they didn't and then they made amends. But um, I feel like there might have been other factors there that maybe prevented that from moving on when it did. And then by the time he came back in 86 or 87, I feel like he was kind of a shell of his former self. And um, so I don't know if, but you know, in, in 84, when they put the belt on Hogan, was the plan for this to be a, a an unlimited run? You know, I don't know because he held the belt for four plus years that first go around. Um, who knows if that was the original plan or if it just kind of caught fire the way that it did. And it was like, we can't stop this. You know, we, yeah. we've got to keep this going and, and keep the momentum going. And, and Hogan obviously could do that, but needed a break and Hollywood came a calling and, and whatnot. Um, I don't know. Billy Graham would have been obviously with the verbal skills, the physique, uh, you know, and again, we talked about work rate, but mm. uh, I think bringing him in as a, as a face because he was a heel for the previous McMahon run. Mm. So I think it could have been a viable or he could have been a very viable option as well. And, and, and just kind of seeing what he would have been able to do because he influenced Hulk Hogan and Jesse mm -hmm. Ventura and Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and so many others. So uh, what better than to have the original mm -hmm. original uh, in there kind of running the show too. So I, I think that he would have been a, a very good uh, possibility, even had he been just a few years younger, I think would have, it, it may have worked even better if, if he would have been a little younger at, at that time. And I mean, like you said, you know, the, the wrestling business was so different back then because, you know, it wasn't until 85 when we first got WrestleMania mm -hmm. um, and then 87 when Survivor Series. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, it, it wasn't like you needed a champion to be on TV every week like we do now. And they're not I mean, they're wrestling every 30 days to defend the title because that's what the rule book states. And for some reason that has been changed in the last few years. Um, but, you know, having superstar, he, he wouldn't have to be there every week. It's basically what I'm saying because of the syndicated program only being an hour, you know, you have, sure. you know, I mean, Hogan only showed up what once every month or two right, on right. the shows. And so, and then, you know, I think maybe a, I, maybe superstar to Hogan would have been a better transition than iron Sheik to, to Hogan, mm -hmm. uh, which I mean was done just to strap that rocket to Hogan and say, okay, yeah. this is what we're doing right now. Whereas you could have maybe built Hogan up a little bit more. Um, and, and maybe that could have been your, you know, WrestleMania two, although, you know, without Hogan and Piper would WrestleMania one have been right. I think it was, you know, cause and with Mr. T's involvement. And yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there are so many butterfly effect scenarios where you change one thing. It's, you know, uh, Eric Bischoff is still in charge and running AWA as the biggest mm. company right now. If, if you change something, you know, right, right. Yeah. Very, very plausible. And, um, my number one, which will come as no mm. surprise to probably 90% of the people that listen or watch this is, uh, someone that 23 years old at the time, eventually went to the WWF did not obviously have the mic skills, but definitely had the look, and again, we talk about that work rate, but that's Kerry Von Erich. Um, I was a huge, you know, Kerry Von Erich is the guy that kind of got me hooked on wrestling in the first place back in December of 82. Um, 
and I primarily watch world class and and uh, you know those syndicate those other syndicated shows more so than than the WWF at the time. Um, in 1984, Pro Wrestling Illustrated, you know, every year they do their year end awards. I don't know how legit they are as far as fans voting versus the editors kind of influencing the outcomes of those. But, um, you know, 1984, this is the year that Hulkamania started officially. And it's also the year that Kerry won the NWA Heavyweight Championship and only held it for 18 days. He won the magazine's most popular wrestler of the year that year. He was match of the year with Ric Flair. Um, so, you know, Hogan was first runner up in both of those categories. So to me, at least in, in some fans eyes, Kerry was bigger than Hulk Hogan, or at least as comparable. Uh, but again, I don't think going there and, and it, he had, you know, obviously the personal issues we've seen the Iron Claw movie, we talked about that. So the lifestyle that he was leading, I don't think would have would been conducive to the schedule, you know, if, if he felt pressure in Texas wrestling for, you know, his dad in that regional promotion that had a global appeal, uh, imagine being in a global promotion uh, with the pressures that came along with that. So I, I don't think that he would have been obviously uh, the, the best choice, but he's my nostalgic choice. And, and I would have felt uh, I was doing him a disservice by <laughs> list so uh carrie von eric would be my number one pick for that and there was rumors and speculation and and i can remember actually i have a wwf magazine from mid 84 uh with uh the von erics in it you know they they covered carrie winning the nwa championship so i and i think there's a clip running around somewhere of vince mcmahon doing like an update from the control center and he talks about the von erics so uh at one point they were all talking at least but uh, I, I don't think that even if strapping that rocket, that proverbial rocket to his back uh, would have helped with the demons. He was definitely had youth on his side and had the look on his side, but uh, that long-term sustainability, I don't think would have worked out. Yeah. I, you know, when I was looking at names, I knew Kerry would probably most likely come up on your list. And I think, and also Regency bias of just seeing the Iron Claw movie and yeah, seeing, sure you know, the lifestyle that Carrie let, you know, you know, it's kind of a, you know, if then situation, whereas if he was in WWF, would he have had the same demon, you know, or would life have been a little bit different because whatever reason I, you know, I also wonder, um, I know, you know, based on the movie that Fritz really wanted the world champion and championship to be in the family. And if Carrie had gone to WWF, earlier than he did mm -hmm. you know how would that have affected world class and right. would fritz have wanted some type of you know collaboration or agreement with vince mcmahon to keep to send carry back down to world class for you yeah. know some shows or co-promote show you know uh uh i i yeah because i don't think that one is just a simple oh carry goes to wwf right no there's yeah, but but you know i've watched a little world-class recently after watching iron claw and um i would say out of the three carry uh, the three brothers kevin david and carrie carrie seems to be the more the most charismatic charismatic that's the word i'm trying to spit out <laughs> um but uh but yeah again he you know as you said he's no hulk hogan hulk hogan just has that thing but i think carrie I think if Kerry would have came into WWF sooner, I think he would have been a bigger deal than he ended mm -hmm. up being. And also 
you know, this is all speculation, but is it the pettiness of uh, Vince where when Kerry came in, it was maybe later than he wanted, you know, maybe he wanted a younger, healthier mm-hmm. Kerry right. or was it something to, oh, I'm going to take him just to piss off Fritz, you know, yeah. um, you know, who knows, who knows why, or is it just the demons that Kerry was dealing with that, you know, sabotaged his own career? Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else about Hulkamania you want to mention, friends? We want to also hear your lists or your thoughts on this list and and who we talked about, some of the names, if there's someone we're missing. Um, who would have you put in that role of Hulk Hogan back in December? I'm sorry, January. Well, December of 83, he comes to the WWF, but January of 84 wins the belt and, and is off to the races running, which coincidentally enough, Hulkamania starts on my one, two, three, since day one twenty three. So celebrate appropriately, but Chad, anyone else or anything else that you want to mention about this week's episode? Well, you know, we're recording this as we have said multiple times on January 21st. It is the birthday of a guy that I thought might've been on your list. And that is Ivan Putsky, the Polish hammer. <laughs> Polish power. Polish power. Um, yeah. Uh, no, I think, again, it's so interesting. And I wish I had Dr. Strange's ability to go back in time and see multiple scenarios of how different, you know, s- situations played out. Because, uh, you know, I, if it wasn't Hogan, what would wrestling look like today? You know, right. or if Vince didn't take, if he'd bought WWF but kept it regional, what would wrestling look like today? If Tony Khan wasn't a son of a billionaire, what would wrestling look like today? You know, if Twitter didn't exist, what would Tony Khan be doing? That was (laughs) my questions. Yeah, there's there's plenty (laughs) to speculate on on what could have or should have or might have happened. So uh, we want to hear your thoughts, though. Again, check us out. Uh, You can follow along on YouTube, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter or X. Uh, Also, check out uh, the jitterymonkey.com. Uh, or follow and, and subscribe on your favorite podcast feed. Leave a review, let us know, and again, enter that Royal Rumble contest. Friends, thanks for listening and or watching. Have a great week. Enjoy the Royal Rumble, and we will talk again soon. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com. 